You are listening to Astrology Today, coming to you live from the beautiful Sunshine Coast, uh, Cathet region, um, the city of Powell River, which is situated on the traditional lands of the Klohomin Nation. I will be your host, uh, Maureen Reed, and I am an astrologer, and welcome back to you, the listeners, and to my co-host, Jill. Do say hello. Hello. Yay. We've oh, another successful start to a show. <laughs> Even with Mercury retrograde. Even with Mercury retrograde. Yes, folks. Do remember that um, I think it was at, on our last show, last Friday or last Saturday, that Mercury went retrograde. Last Saturday. Yeah, last Saturday. And so, you know, things won't run according to our, you know, planned schedules they'll be re in front of most things redo reschedule that's what i've been doing a lot of is reschedule reschedule and that's fine yeah you just One must be flexible yes yeah yeah go with the flow and have a sense of humor i said yes yes exactly exactly mercury retrograde is mercury in his trickster mode yes yes well put well put so on this episode, we're going to continue um, and a sort of a jump off from uh, episode 96 when we talked about Venus and her retrograde cycle back then. I'm not entirely sure why we did it then, but anyway, because she wouldn't have been, maybe she was, I don't know, can't remember. <laughs> anyway, there are, <laughs> there oh. are... <laughs> There are, um, what, what can I say, there are uh, graphics and stuff that will be visual aids for today's talk, but I've also put up some new ones, um, and so this is episode 118, and uh, so just to kind of pull us into what Venus is all about, uh, she is typically so seen as being desire, objects of desire, love, partnership, relationships, uh, all forms of relating, uh, money and goods, things of value, uh, the principle of inclusion, uh, unifying, reconciling. Uh, socially, it has to do with consensus and people coming to some kind of mutual agreement. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anything you yeah, want to I, add to that? Yeah, basically with her rulership of Libra, you get the balance and harmony aspect and cooperative aspects of it yeah communication relationship and then the taurus aspect of venus is the money stuff and goods and yeah liking nice things liking <laughs> nice things yes <laughs> uh yes and jill is very vesuvian in her chart which is yeah i'm a venusian i am i'm from venus <laughs> Which apparently is incredibly hot and you would melt if you ever touched the surface, apparently. Yeah. But she does shine bright like a diamond in our skies. Yes. And um, actually, I am just going to um, add that. So one of the things that a person can do is, oh, yes, first of all, I should change who's up. There we go. Um, is to look in their chart and to see if uh, they, um, you know, have a morning star Venus or an evening star Venus 
and what I've put up on the screen. So those who are listening, if you have access to a computer, you can go to www.cardinalastrology.ca, episode 118, and you too can look at the graphics that we've put up. So I've just got a list here that um, I, um, I stole, let's just be honest. <laughs> <laughs> from another website so that I didn't have to type it all out myself. So Morningstar, in order to see if your chart qualifies as having a Venus as a morning star, that means um, she will rise ahead of the sun in the morning. And therefore, she's already gone down before the sun sets at night. And then, of course, the reverse is true. If she is an evening star, uh, the sun will have come up, and so you won't see her as she rises above the horizon. But when the sun goes down, you will see her. And uh, of all of the planets in our particular solar system, she will shine the brightest. Um, and so she's actually, uh, you know, I suspect there's been a lot of poetry and yeah, stuff done about this beautiful star that you see. Mine's morning star. Yeah, mine is, it's mine's a morning sun. star too, actually. It's yeah. sign previous to my sun sign. Yeah, mine's in the same sign, but she is in earlier <laughs> degrees than the sun. So, yeah. yeah. So we we go with uh, Venus, uh, Phosphorus, Lucifer, Aphrodite, Pandemus, warrior goddess, Yang, closest to the earth in Peregrine, uh, follows the retrograde cycle uh, in the underworld, rules the daytime, moves slower, uh, follows inferior conjunction with the sun, ruler of Taurus, daughter of Zeus and Dion, primal raw sensuality, earth goddess, ascends rapidly, descends slowly, visible to, so she first becomes visible um, 68 days following the conjunction. Yeah, and then our evening star, we have Venus Hesperus. I've heard of that one before. Aphrodite and Urania, and Urania is now an outer is, is Urania an asteroid or one of those ones from the Kuiper Belt? Seems to me we have named an object. I think, I think it might be an asteroid, but I'm not sure. Yeah, me neither. Love goddess. There's, rather, there's so many of them. It, well, it is. It is. I actually had a student <laughs> ask me for a printout of all of the, astro the named asteroids that my program has in it. And yeah, it basically just filled the chart and... <laughs> She said, are, are these all important? I went, yeah, probably not. <laughs> yeah, anyway. you can really overload the chart. Yes, you can, if you want. Objects, yeah. <laughs> so in the evening, it's yin, uh, farthest from the earth in apogee, follows the direct cycle in the upper world, rules the nighttime, moves faster, follows the superior conjunction with the sun, ruler of Libra, daughter of Gaia and Uranus, refined social acceptability, sky goddess rather than the earth goddess, ascends slowly, descends rapidly, visible 60 days following the conjunction, which is interesting. Yeah. So in, in her cycle, obviously, you know, except for the sun and the moon, um, 
you know, all the other planets, they do go through this retrograde motion, which is a geocentric phenomena, um, often cited as one of the reasons why people discredit astrology. But we do perceive the world from a geocentric perspective. We're not living on the sun. Uh, and so this is just a, uh, what happens is the, the planet appears to slow down, come to a stop, reverse motion, back up through the sky, through the zodiac, uh, stop again, and then go forward. What's interesting about the Venus one is it does describe a very specific pattern uh, that is shifts by two days and approximately two degrees every eight years. So the alignment happens pretty strategically um, in these eight-year intervals uh, through the course of one person's lifetime. Uh, apparently, it'll move about 13 degrees during the course of an 80 or 100 years. And so where she retrogrades will be like a little button that she pushes in your chart every eight years. And yeah, so currently that button being pushed is in Capricorn. And um, I do have a list which I will put up on my website here, up on for the YouTube. So here is the list for the Capricorn. And I've also got a little picture of the star shape that she forms, which is quite intriguing that... Yeah, it's like, why? Well, I think she's, she's got the most sort of predictable yes, pattern. Yes, exactly. All, yeah, all yeah. And um, so when she's in her retrograde phase, this is when she is closer to us. She is between the sun, then Venus, then Earth, whereas when she is at her furthest out, She's on the other side of the sun. So we have Earth, Sun, and then Venus. And that particular cycle is nine months and then nine months. And then she goes through a retrograde, then another nine months, and she does her uh, superior conjunction. And then another nine months, she does her inferior conjunction, which is when she's retrograde. Interesting interval. Nine yeah, months. exactly, exactly. Um, you know, I'm sure that, you know, there's a day or two jiggle in there, um, but roughly that's what it is. So, and uh, just recently, she formally totally went into <coughs> doing her retrograde piece through Capricorn. And so from the list that I've put up on uh, my website, one can see whether or not this particular cycle is triggering anything specific for you. So rather than talking about people who are born with Venus retrograde, we're looking at how, how this might impact on a personal level. And so, you know, with the degrees right now, uh, in this particular, well, the most recent one, uh, 13, 2013, 2014, so December, January again, uh, it ran between 13 degrees of cap and 28 degrees of cap. So if in your chart Capricorn is on one of the angles, let's say an ascendant or the 10th, even the 7th and the 4th, although that may not show up quite so strategically. Um, if 
the ruler of your ascendant is in those degrees of Capricorn or one of the lights, the sun or the moon, uh, then you're likely going to notice um, these eight-year intervals. But having said that, <laughs> one actually has to have some memory <laughs> to jump back in these eight-year intervals to see, you know, okay, what did happen? What did happen? Yeah. Um, and just know that because that cycle isn't going to shift too far away, okay, so even by 2045, 46, it's still December, it's still January, and it's going from three degrees to 19 degrees of Capricorn. So if I should be still alive then, <laughs> it'll be crossing my midheaven and my moon again. So, uh, you know, for me, this Capricorn one actually could have some relativity um, in terms of 10th house career. And if I think back um, to the 1314, that was when my whole career as a... Uh, bus driver was coming to an end and um, you know this year I'm embarking on um, an astrological study so yeah maybe yeah yeah, yeah. She's, she's not quite back to where she was when I was born but ah. she's approaching it yes yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. she would have had more of an impact early in your life yeah, at the zero degrees Aquarius and, yeah, three degrees Aquarius at the beginning back in. I only went back as far as 1997, 90, yeah, yeah 96, 97. Yeah, so in the graphic that I put up on the earlier episode, it sort of shows the five different ones that are happening. And apparently there are those folks who also track when she does the superior conjunction, so nine months, and that too creates a five-pointed star that moves about two degrees in two days, you know, so there's these two stars, and then there is a Canadian astrologer, Nick Dagan-Best, who has memorized all of these five cycles yeah. and can rattle them off and knows the dates and and he has a, well, he did, I don't know if he still has it, but he was doing a podcast called Venus Synodic Cycles in which he was looking, you know, looking for people with stories um, that could help him out with his study. Yeah. Mm. So one of the things, though, we can look at this historically, and that was something that I was a bit curious about, especially given the emphasis of Pluto. So we had one previous uh, Pluto-Venus retrograde that happened, um, again, the dates here are 13 and 14, because Pluto went into Capricorn in 2008. So this is the second one, and it'll be the last one, because by the time Venus gets back to Capricorn, um, yeah, Pluto will have moved on to Aquarius. Yeah, yeah so... This one in particular um, should carry some themes uh, that, um, you know, Venus having the ability to slow right down and place a huge emphasis for a while. Um, she is not uncommonly known for bringing up, and it doesn't necessarily have to be in Capricorn, of bringing up issues that are topical in, the, in society in general. 
right? So we've got several main themes right now, like the abortion issue is up again. We've got uh, sexual abuse scandals erupting again. Uh, and we also have the social contract is up for review with the whole pandemic and the way it's been handled. Um, and yeah, they're, they're well, being chewed on a lot right now. <laughs> well, sure, because in her role as the ruler of Libra, she's about fairness. Yeah, yeah. And what we all agree to. Or not. The balance of justice, which is, you know, the yeah. scale. Yeah. And it's also, you know, consensus reality. What uh, does consensus trump individual rights? All of that kind of stuff. So she's actually doing a pretty heavy lifting through this particular uh, retrograde cycle. Yeah, she's got a, I think her, she, she retrogrades fewer times than the other planets do. But when she does, she... yeah. And it's that whole slowing down and, you know, pointing a finger at a particular area. Um, and with Pluto being in there, um, yeah. So in this cycle, um, you know, if we think back the last hundred years, this has really been the only time in probably quite some time that Pluto and her have been together, right? Mm -hmm. You know, if we look at the star that I've got put up there. So right now her cycles are between Libra, Leo, Gemini, and Pisces, and Capricorn. And so, you know, given that Pluto takes 248 years to make its trek, um, you know, Venus did not retrograde in Sag when Pluto was there. Um, Venus did, well, maybe Venus and Pluto got together in a retrograde scenario when Pluto was in Scorpio, because this this is moving backwards. So yeah, maybe. Yeah. You'd have to, yeah, you'd have to do a search. You know? You'd have to do a search. But my suspicion is is that whenever she does get together with Pluto, then we do see these more epic kind of controversies and stuff coming forward. Yeah, that have probably a more global, far-reaching impact. That would be a study for someone to do. Yeah. yeah, I guess being one of the feminine archetypes, like what it raises for me is that whole rape of Persephone thing, where right. she's taken into the underworld by Pluto. Yeah, you know, I don't know. That seems to be relevant somehow. <laughs> somehow, yeah, exactly. Well, and and. You know, with <clears throat> now that we have Mercury retrograde, of course, the whole um, uh, scandal with Gazelle, however you pronounce her first name, Maxwell, and the fact that, you know, she she wants a retrial and, you know, that sort of speaks to the Mercury kind of slipping in there and messing up what most of us thought was, yay, justice, finally. Um, and who knows if she'll ever be able to pull anything off with that. I kind of doubt it. But... Um, you know, it's, it's, and also just the reveal that is coming out because Pluto is there as well, you know, like the, the um, um, bringing to public light all the people that were involved in that whole mess. Well, particularly Prince Andrew. Yeah, moment. yeah. Yeah, he's, yeah. Ex I saw one article, excommunicado. <laughs> You know, it's just like, okay. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sort of throwing him under the bus. Yeah, well, <laughs> and, and maybe rightly so. 
So the other piece to go with this whole uh, retrograde of Venus is the idea that in the coming up to the retrograde point, there needs to be, you know, something is coming up to be um, reviewed. And in some cases, there is a thought that you could liken this cycle to uh, a death and then a rebirth, where the rebirth phase is when it's actually retrograde, when things are getting um, rejigged. That doesn't sound very <laughs> esoteric, but um, and then you know, once it turns direct, then we get the new form comes forward. Yeah. Okay, so I did look at, um, <clears throat> and what I was wanting to focus on this this time around with this is sort of what does shift on a social level. So you can see what mood is coming up. So through the media, through the arts, through politics, during a Venus retrograde. And so this is not something that's necessarily going to catch you off guard with Venus retrograde. Um, there is this sort of knowledge of, um, you know, day follows night. Um, and so things come up. Society has to look at them. They have to make adjustments accordingly, and then we move on. Um, and so with Venus, it isn't necessarily, you know, something shocking or anything. It's no, the natural that course. Pluto has all kinds of secrets buried. Yeah, that, that, at, so whoever the planet is that's prominent in that field where Venus is retrograding, if there is one, is going to add that color to it. Yeah. Well, Mercury wants information, so. Yeah, in particular right now. And, and he's getting in the picture, he's, he's poking at, at Pluto. And he was the only one who could go into the underworld, too. That's, well, yes, so that, that makes it especially um, revealing, this particular cycle. He's going after, after Pluto and saying, come on. Give me give the me list, me. I'm going to expose it. Your buddy, enough <laughs> of the secrets, we want the truth. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, so... Um, accountability, that's a Capricorn thing. It is, it is. Responsibility, accountability, yep. I think that's part of that, is mm -hmm. holding people accountable yep. in, with this Plutonian, Pluto and Capricorn energy. Yeah, and so with the shifting mood of the public, so for instance, the other issue that's up really prominent right now is the whole abortion issue and um, the the sway from the 70s which is you know um, I can remember even you know because I was uh, you know around 20 in the 70s um, you know that whole phenomena where women were you know doing the back door not pretty style of abortion and then it was made legal and you know but the mood of public changes it shifts and so it's shifting back towards you know sort of the preservation of life at all cost and um yeah it'll be interesting to see how far down that road the mood of society does shift over this particular retrograde so it also brings up attraction and repulsion, right? And it intensifies the value issues um, that come up during the retrograde. Oh, yeah, because Pluto 
it has a lot to do with wealth and riches and all of that stuff. So things that are precious that are under the earth. Yes. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And so he has a lot to do with soul banking. Yes, that piece as well. Yep. <clears throat> and then what and did we have when this? When Mercury comes in, he's got a lot to do with commerce as well. So yeah. there's a whole lot of stuff, values and commerce and, you know, it's a big money, the people who owe and own. And <laughs> well, and, and this whole cryptocurrency thing, apparently up here in Canada, some guy dies unexpectedly and millions of his particular cryptocurrency are just kind of vanish. Yeah. Yeah. which is yeah, i mean daughter, i i'm i my daughter can't did a, a documentary on that guy <laughs> oh really oh you're kidding what well, obviously before he died yeah huh yeah called dead man's switch dead man's switch huh there's something to look up folks where would you where would we find that on youtube um i think cbc's been putting running it on their channel oh okay gem on gem yeah okay they got in the hot dogs and stuff so right right okay so this can be you know with venus on a on uh we could sort of narrow this back down to a personal level you know um dr jekyll and mr hyde kind of reveal um so uh, let's see now consensus reality the world as we understand it the rules as we know them up until now, and then the retrograde comes along and consensus changes. And I think right now the whole pandemic has really started to focus as we, as everybody gets completely run down, wore out, and please make this just all go away. Um, you know, doctors in the whole medical system are having to, um, you know, really challenge how they perceive who walks in the door and are they staying with what was the consensus is that is there going to be a shift or yeah so that particular piece is you know really starting to sharpen uh let's see now okay so i did look at um uh let's see okay so i have looked back to what's been happening over um, this last set of Capricorn um, action. And, um, and so as it's moved back through, let me just see now, retrocycles, uh, okay, rule of thumb, two degrees in two days. And okay, so the example that I have on a personal level and why you might want to actually track this whole cycle is, uh, okay, so the first one was kind of the, the easiest one to work with. And that was somebody who has a career in which they do things the same every year. <laughs> and so this is Serena Williams, who is a tennis star, who I think may be kind of, done with tennis I mean she's 40 what is she yeah she's 40 years old and um, so when I did the search I was looking for you know sort of the middle of Capricorn which uh, Venus retrograde every eight years has been crossing back and forth over and um, so in its eight-year cycle um, and she's not that old right so this will probably mean something different as she gets older 
but in her first run at um, uh, the Australian Open, which happens to happen the last few days of December and the first few days of January every year. So her first run at that with a uh, Venus retrograde, she was out in, I think it was like the second, yeah, uh, the second run. No, out, lost out in the third round. But she was new oh. at it, right? You know, so, you know, kind of not really that unexpected. But then at the height of her career, eight years later, Australian Open, Venus retrograde, going back and forth over that MC, and she's out in the fourth round. Whereas the rest of that year... Um, she did really well. She was at sort of the height of her career. But that Venus retrograde kind of just threw in a little monkey wrench. Um, well, as she's, having her, she's having Pluto square Pluto. This, yes. Yeah. Time. Yeah. And I think her career is pretty much, you know, she's going to have to move on to whatever it is Dennis stars move on to when they retire. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and so for in her life, paying attention to these uh, Venus retrogrades, yeah, you know, she could be prepared for little hiccups eight years from now. So the next one that I found, um, and it's hard because, you know, for instance, if you look at movie stars or something like that, you have no idea when they were actually filming. It only tells you when the film comes out. And so... Oh, with this one too, where Venus is retrograding back to square Saturn. Mm-hmm. That's kind of interesting as well. Yeah, well, and it definitely created a hiccup. I mean, that there was no getting around that. Yeah. Um, so the next one is Bono. Um, and the only reason why he actually worked, because again, um, you know, music, you know, you don't know when they wrote it. You know, you only know when it was actually released, that kind of thing. And so for him, it's his ascendant, and he has Saturn there, right? So this is a very powerful ascendant. And so when I look through his biography, this is what I found. In December of 2005, Paul Thoreau published an op-ed in the New York Times called The Rock Star's Burden, okay? He criticized stars such as Bodo, Brad Pitt, Angelina Jolie, labeling them as mythomaniacs, people who wish to convince the world of their worth. Thoreau, who lived in Africa as a Peace Corps volunteer, added that the impression, the impression that Africa is fatally troubled and can be saved only by outside help, not to mention celebrities and charity concerts, is a destructive and misleading conceit. Ooh. And I can kind of remember when that came out, there was this sort of backlash to, you know, the aid concerts and that kind of thing with this, you know, sort of white privilege uh, assumption that, you know, they can only get help if it's help from outside kind of thing. Yeah. So, and again, that was going over his ascendant. Now, Obviously, every eight years, this retrograde will go over his ascendant again. And um, yeah, but that was the only reference that I could kind of go, oh, okay, there's a hit. Yeah. And yeah, so... Got, got Uranus going over all that Taurus stuff these days. Yes, yes, he does. Yeah, yeah. And he's in his, what, 60s, I think. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, yeah. and interesting because Venus is prominent being in Taurus. So. Yeah. And part of the grand trine with Pluto. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, he is. I mean, he's, you know, in terms of his uh, out thereness, it's quite, you know, this is a very dynamic chart and uh, not surprising that he is as prominent in the, his world as he is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, uh, let's see now. Okay, so what have we had so far in this particular cycle of Capricorn? 1997-98 uh, is as far back as I went. Um, and we had things like uh, the smoke-free band started to be implemented in North America. I have no idea if it ever made it across the water off the pond to other Europe? I don't think so yeah yeah uh, but that was a consensus change that happened here in North America and of course 97 98 was when the whole Monica Lewinsky the whole yeah that whole Clinton fiasco was made very prominent um, yeah sexual scandals yes 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 quite common under uh, Venus retrograde and with you know, Capricorn in particular, it's going to be with the upper echelons of structured society. Well, Capricorn. yeah, he's the most powerful man, ostensibly the most powerful yes. man in the world. Yeah. power, and that's not an appropriate thing to do. <laughs> we would hope not. We would hope that society would say bad, very bad. <laughs> okay. Yes. Well, my daughter was about the same age as Monica, so I... Kind of oh yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> yeah, no. I actually heard her give uh, like a TED talk, Monica Lewinsky. You know, like in the last ten years or so, and um, you know the impact that that whole thing had in her life, of course, was huge. Um, but you know, she seems to have wrestled her life into something that she can call her own now, which was good to see. You know. Yeah. Okay, 2005-2006. So again, if you have Capricorn prominent in your chart, this would be the next year to sort of cast your memory back to. Okay, so what changed here was um, the whole, you know, the shifting, which is ongoing. I mean, it's this isn't the only time that this kind of shift has been happening, but it definitely came to prominence in Great Britain where gay marriages were um, sanctioned, finally. Um, and we had, uh, you know, the whole shift with Hong Kong was starting to happen. So we had uh, the democracy protests in Hong Kong that year. And the first sort of openly obvious gay movie um, hit the box office in Brokeback Mountain came out during this Venus retrograde. Yeah. And then in 2013, so another eight years later, uh, 2014, again, upper echelons, the Pope supposedly at this point in time strikes a commission to look into sexual abuse with priests, which apparently actually kind of fell flat, but it did come to prominence during um, this particular uh, Venus retrograde. Uh, and the other one which I thought was interesting is Nelson Mandela dies during that Venus retrograde. And so that whole idea of the apartheid 
would have been, you know, heavily talked about during this Venus retrograde and the condition of, um, you know, minority groups around the world. And then, of course, we have our present day one. Um, and the one that I find interesting is Boris Johnson, <laughs> who may not make it <laughs> through his uh, retrograde um, coming out party, parties, <laughs> where he is being, um, yeah, like people are crossing the floor and, and uh, for him flaunting the very rules that he put into place. As, as have all the leaders. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and not for, the, not for me. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what being a plutocrat means. Well, that's true. That's true. There was, there was a woman at the World Economic Forum, and she was actually re, re, referring to them as the elites. Like, we're working together, the elites. <laughs> okay yes and yeah who who died to tell and, you guys what your world's going to be <laughs> yeah okay. yeah it's uh the hu human hubris is can be incredibly thick well it's yeah power, power gone to the, the head of these these yes yeah corporate elites that think they because they have money they have the yeah. right to, to whatever decide. For you and me, what life is going to be? <laughs> yes, it's uh, yes, it's it's gotten very extreme. It has. Pluto. It has. As Pluto likes to do. Yes. Yeah. Well, and that makes it possible for the collapse to occur. Right. Oh, absolutely. And that's, yeah. I think the, the the good thing is that that's coming. People are waking yeah. up to saying that's not okay. <laughs> yes. Yes. Exactly. Like I like that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So the, you know, obviously, uh, abortion rights, civil liberties. And so the next one, which I think will be, have a fairly obvious shift in the sense that, okay, so the next one happens 29 and 30. So again, December, January. But by that time, all of the main outers will have changed signs. So Pluto will be in Aquarius. Neptune will be in Aries and Uranus will be in Gemini. And that particular shift is, you know, it takes about three years. It starts in 2023 with, well, and, and that's when Saturn itself leaves uh, and heads into Pisces, which I am not looking forward to. Um, Saturn in Pisces is, ugh. I mean, you look at charts of people with Saturn in Pisces and it's usually not pretty. Um, yeah, no, although I'm there's got to be some that can negotiate that particular I'm combination, sure. but I mean, if you can focus on the the more spiritual aspect of Pisces, always that's yeah, that's that's the that only option that that'll work. It can be beneficial, of course. Yeah, yeah, but, but boundaries are just not a good thing with Saturn well, and Pisces. Well, Pisces does tends not to have boundaries. Exactly. So Again, if you get if you achieve some balance with that instead of going to extreme, yeah. Either way, you know, which is part of the problem with Pisces. I think when they try to do boundaries, they end up with the brick wall instead. Yes, <laughs> like, all or nothing kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, so, exactly. You know, yeah. yeah, as Venus likes everything in balance, right? Yeah, 
So, you know, we'll get two and a half years of that. And then by the time she hits Aries, definitely Uranus will be in Gemini. And of course, all of the astrologers in the U.S. are kind of taking a deep breath and going, oh, dear, because the first civil war in the States was when uh, Uranus dipped into Gemini. And then their entry into the Second World War was when Uranus hit Gemini. So most American astrologers are not really looking forward to that. And, you know, by the time he's fully in there, we'll have Saturn in Aries along well, with in Gemini in their natal chart, is it not? Um, I don't know. You've been the one that's been studying it. Yes, I think it is, actually. I'm not sure. I'd have to. Th yeah, it is. In their seventh house. Yeah. Mars is so is yeah, and it's conjunct Mars. So yeah, no, uh, any surprise that civil war is possible in the next couple of years. Um, and, you know, of course, so um, Neptune in Aries, um, you know, I, I try to wrap my mind around that one and I kind of hit a wall. I'm like, huh? What That's about as comfortable as Saturn in Pisces. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So is this the righteous flaming sword of the spiritual? Let's, ooh, I don't like that. That doesn't sound good. Not with Uranus and Gemini, because then those two will be in, in like a sextile configuration, although they are right now, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, between Pisces and Taurus, so they are sextile, yeah. It's yeah. going to be interesting, the middle part of the 2020s. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I mean, we're obviously going, we are in the, you know, beginning stages of the age of Aquarius and Pluto. I think shifting into Aquarius is sort of like, now we're there for sure. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And that is going to be, you know, the, the egalitarian, egalitarian. There you go. I actually said that word right. Yay. <laughs> nature I would think of Pluto um, but what would be the downside of Pluto in Aquarius do you think well I think too much of the, um, the whole computer digital focus yes on yeah transhumanism and not being human but being AI and all that stuff is that could deal. yes yeah that is a good point yeah that's that's a big downside. Yeah, I think I think there's you know wonderful things that can be done with technology, but it overall it tends to be used by things like the military. And yes, yeah, used against us instead of for us. And if, yeah, so if, if that, then great. But that's that's one of the major shifts that needs to happen is is transforming it to something that's beneficial to humanity instead of. And then there's the whole question about what is beneficial to humanity. I mean, I think part of the um, let's really challenge what is of value uh, right now, which is what Venus retrograde conjunct Pluto is offering us the opportunity to do. It's like, <clears throat> I think in the past, what we have um, delegated as being of value is this idea of, well, I don't have to work. Well, okay, then what are you well, gonna it's do? Defined, it's too much been defined in terms of material things. Yeah, and, and just leisure, whereas 
most people actually require meaning in their life. Exactly. And, yeah. and I think it's been too heavy on the, the Taurus end of the Venus thing. And yes. Not on the Libra end of it, of getting balance back into life. We need the Taurian connection to our Earth. Yes. But, but not in a way that is just about consuming, yeah. No, exactly. It's yeah. about getting back to our, our connection to the earth and, and, and yeah. again, nature, you know, getting back to nature instead of away from it because more and more we're being pushed away from nature and that's not helpful to anybody. No, no, it's not. Um, so, you know, I think that's hopefully where we're going is to reconnect with the natural world and, and you use technology again, like in a, there are frequencies that are hugely beneficial to us, but those are not the ones that are being used. <laughs> ah, yes. Yeah, you know, that's true. And it's, and it's not, not even. Frequencies that are compatible with nature and the human body. Yes. So if you yep. start using the frequencies that are, you actually start enhancing, you know, the health of the planet you know, the earth itself, the ability to grow things yep. and, yep. and our, our health as well. So I think coming back to that would be really wonderful. And I, I'm hoping that's where we're going. Yeah, yeah. Well, definitely when Pluto hits Aquarius, um, yeah, that, that whole egalitarian scenario and hopefully by then we will have made the choice for the planet rather than just using the planet um well and a big part of that's going to be the the rest of its cycle through capricorn of the dismantling of yes the systems the hierarchy the systems yeah, yeah which just points everything to consume it and yeah yeah the growth and basically those are the ones who have been marketing to us to consume, consume, consume. Yes, exactly. So that whole value <laughs> consensus. So, um, so yeah. they can be plutocrats. So you know, <laughs> we take that part. Yeah. Then when it does go into Aquarius, yes, there is the potential that we can shift it into a much more positive, yeah. I think, yeah. use of the Aquarian energy. That's my hope. That's yeah, me. yeah, yeah. Time will tell. Time will tell. Yeah. Okay, gosh, I think for once I've kind of run out of steam and we haven't filled oh, no. our hour. Oh, no. How did you do that? <laughs> it happens. It, Mercury's retrograde. That's my excuse. That's my excuse. <laughs> Blame Mercury. Blame the, you <laughs> Venus, too. She's retrograde. <laughs> oh, well, dear. They are, coming, they are kind of coming together, though, are they not? They are at... And Mars as well is going to join. Yes, yeah. Um, I could very quickly uh, have a look at when that is going to happen. That is a good point, my dear. Because I think that's that's kind of an interesting combination of energies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Highlighting that Plutonian, especially as, as I've said before, with Pluto coming very soon, like in February, to its return in the in the U.S. chart. Yes, so Venus it's will nice. station uh, just before the new moon at the end of the month. And by that time, we do have Mars, Venus, the moon, Mercury, and Pluto all in Capricorn the day right. before that last new moon. Yeah. Yeah. That's and quite Mercury the pileup. Pluto. On the well, new moon. Out on the 12th or so. 
Yep. And then you've got Venus coming back to conjunct at the beginning of March. Uh, yeah, she's, um, yeah, she doesn't, she's... Yes, Mars. So she and Mars will both be conjunct. Yes, they are going to spend um, the next couple of months just hanging out together. But I think that's, you know, especially given that it, it is right in the middle of the U.S. Pluto return. Yes. I think that's very significant that those energies are all kind of ganging up on Pluto and saying, we may be small, but there's more of us than you. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, you know, who, it's hard to say who will use who um, in the sense of, um, you know, this, I would say this definitely speaks to movement, right? Having them all get together with Pluto. And of course, my first question is, who's coming in? right? When I see configurations like this, I'm like, who's being born? And what are they going to do? I mean, can you imagine having, uh, like, if you were born on February the 13th, you've got, uh, or the 12th, you've got Mars, Venus, within a degree of a conjunction, Pluto, Mercury. And you got Jupiter sextiling Uranus, too. Yeah. And the moon is in Cancer opposite that very interesting individual would be coming in very mm -hmm. interesting yeah and especially if they were born in the morning in powell river <laughs> which is where of course i'm looking oh gosh yeah yeah, yeah. Yep. no it's i mean i think you know those like i say just the the timing yes that celestial timing on things because it's always so perfect yeah and wow, what are the odds that all those guys happen to be there right then? <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. So, yeah, I think that's, you know, and, and you know, U.S. Is, is the country to watch right now because of their Pluto return. Yes, yeah. I mean, none of us have witnessed a country going through its Pluto return prior to this. Well, or, or known, or known that they were going they through it. They yeah. have historically, perhaps, but... This is the first time, yeah, and probably the time since Pluto's discovery that yes, exactly, yeah, exactly. Pluto returned for a country, so that's that's yeah. pretty. Uh, yeah, pretty well, yeah, and astrologically, definitely worth paying attention to. Um, and you know, I saw a clip of Biden here the other day, and it just you know, sort of the old man trying to hold the reins of an old system um trying to trying to string few words together that make sense <laughs> yes yeah yeah it's you know there's something of the death rebirth signature of that pluto that definitely resonates with having and him the system is the yeah. system is collapsing and they're, they're still trying to prop it up yeah it's like yeah try to prop him up and <laughs> make him look like he has some marbles in his brain and yeah <laughs> yeah no it's very well <laughs> it just isn't and you know it would not be the kind of vitality that you would require to go through something like a civil war so yeah not good don't know if i'd want trump to head up a civil war either <laughs> that could well, be messy. You know, but the nature of civil war is when you, it's the people themselves rising up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in that sense, it's not really about who's leading. It's about, I mean, you know, it's, it's 
going against those that are leading in a sense. That's true, but um, humanity still tends to to stray towards having leaders, even in a rebellion. Well, right? it does, but but in the but it, I think that's part of this Libran thing is seeing that we are all equal. We are have all have our input and and value. True. As, True. As human yeah. beings, that, you know, when we come together in significant numbers, we are powerful. Oh yes, yeah, you know, yeah. One of one, of, we've been very disempowered and taught that we're not powerful within ourselves, which is a lie. And and so we need to really. This is part of this process, I think, is is recognizing our own power as individuals and collectively. Yes. Yeah. But out of that collective, there will be, you know, some sort of new leader person. That's, I don't know if we can change that quality in human nature. Well, I think it, but it, you know, you can have different ways of leading and different ways of that manifesting. And I think that's... That's true. That's true. But historically, that hasn't happened yet. Well, no, but historically, we've had a lot of people running the show for a long time. Yes. Oh, I agree. It's time for a change. Um, but a new model, that's what will be interesting, is to see what sort of new model. And I think for me, the, the biggest stumbling block that I see to a new model of social interaction is scale. Because um, I'm not entirely sure that humanity is designed for big scale. It's I, not, and I think that's yeah. what, what needs to happen as well is becoming more community oriented yeah. having yeah. having and I think that's starting to happen in the midst of all of this there's yeah. more people coming together in communities of like-minded people exactly who, exactly where you can have direct accountability because as soon as together as, to help one another and yeah. support one I mean, I've, yeah. I've had that experience with my broken wing this time you know I've, yes to some friends in the group I'm in and you know they've been incredible yes exactly exactly yeah that's what community is about and that's what I think we are moving towards let's hope so yeah the scale that gives us true accountability and one of our part of our power is the ability to visualize and put intention into what we want yeah and see that happening because that's that's we are energy and energy creates what's happening (laughs) that is true that is true (laughs) yeah put that frequency out there and then it resonates and comes back and you have what you are putting out there Mm -hmm. so with venus retrograde folks your mission should you choose to accept (laughs) and whether you do or not (laughs) is to uh Visualize, as Jill puts it, uh, what it is you value in terms of community and interaction, um, what scale you see humanity operating at its most fundamental best. Uh, Yeah, uh, that's what she's asking us to do at this point in time. Yeah, what do we want to create in our world? Yeah, Yeah, what do we value? What do we want? Davos to create for us. No, here. no, exactly. Yeah. But what we as as human beings living on this planet want yeah. to create 
for ourselves in this yeah. world, and working with one another to do that. You know? Yes, yeah, which means uh, giving up the idea that somebody else is going to take care of everything. Absolutely. Yeah. Because, and that's what people are becoming, I think, more, more independent, more coming together as groups and saying we can do this together. Yeah. 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 That's, you know, that's the future as far as I'm concerned. Yes. Sounds good. So, yeah. Okay. We did it. <laughs> we have run the time out. Yay, team. <laughs> Uh, so up next week will be our uh, look at, um, actually, we'll be meeting the day before the next new moon, which this month has had two, but we will look at what's up uh, in the forecast for February. And uh, we didn't have any surprise visits this time, darn. Uh, but if you would like to come online, um, I can send you a Zoom link so that you can join us live and in person. Ask any kind of astrology question you like. Uh, can't guarantee that Jill or I will be able to answer it, but we'll give it a good old college try, that's for sure. And so in the meantime, folks, just a reminder, you have been listening to CJMP 90.1 FM, Powell River, Cathet Region uh, Community Radio Station. And we'll say goodbye, Jill. Bye. See you next week. <laughs> yeah, we will. Okay, so...